C'è qualcuno là fuori? C'è qualcuno là fuori? Benvenuti al Christian Podcast. Well, Joe is a keynote speaker and wheelchair rugby captain. Is that correct? Yes, that, that, that is correct. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. He's an Olympian. He's got a crazy story. And today we want to hear from him. We want to get to know him. And we, I think the audience is going to get amazing, amazing insight into how to live uh a more intentional and even successful life with some of the first the story that Joe is going to share but then some of the some of the challenges he's faced and how he was able to to face these cha challenges and overcome some of them so Joe man Just tell us a little bit about you, what you're doing now, and then we'll go a little bit into your your story from 2004. But tell us what you do now and who you are. Yeah, so right now um, I'm training for the Paralympics in Tokyo 2020, which is now 2021, with the with the cancellation or postponement back in in 2020, of course, with the pandemic. So uh, I'm at training camp right now. So for those of you that are watching uh, the video, you're seeing this cool dorm room background <laughs> that is that is the dorm life so taking me back to the college days but um we're at training camp right now um grinding we're, we're here for two weeks we have two days each day and today is one of our days off thankfully to to rest and recover but um we are we are on our way trying to grind for a gold medal um and so a little bit about about Wheelchair rugby in the Paralympics is, is wheelchair rugby has been played played for about um, about 50 years, give or take. It started in the 70s uh, in Canada, and now it's played in over 30 countries worldwide. And um, some of the major players are Australia, of course, and New Zealand, and Canada, and Brazil, and um, France and um great britain and so like it's it's played all over the world now and an amazing amazing sport kind of a weird deal you see these gladiator type looking chairs smashing into each other so you're thinking like <laughs> why are these people with disabilities like trying to become more disabled crashing into each other type of deal like, <laughs> like it's a it's a kind of an oxymoron but uh but yeah i've been fortunate enough to wear usa across my chest for 13 years and been one of the captains for eight so leadership's important to me and um, just excited for our team moving closer and closer to the games is always really really fun because we've been training at it for four plus four years and it's a normal quad but then a year added on to this in 2021 so we're uh we're tired right now coming off of three straight days but really excited and and yeah that's 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 me and what i'm doing right now Wow, Joe. I mean, sounds like training for this. You, you said you've been training for four years plus the additional year. That's a lot of training, man. <laughs> <laughs> 100%, man. It's, uh, it's, 
we have you know our major competitions, our world championships, or or the Paralympics that happen every two years. But the the major one is is Paralympics, and it's it's where you know you train for four years and hope to be a gold medal winning uh, wheelchair rugby player. So that's that's obviously the, that the, the outcome that we want. Love it, man. Love the leadership uh, focus, and I also love the dedication. And I think we're going to learn a lot today from you. I think you have a lot to offer. And I love the positive attitude as well. So good for you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. But let's go a little bit back into your story, man. Um, I was reading on your website that you had this uh, major accident. It seems like you were uh, living somewhat of a regular life, right? Going to college. You were in the football team, and then there was some sort of tragedy. Tragedy as you were um, rafting or or utilizing a floating device on a river or something like that. Uh, can you bring us back a little bit to to what happened then, man? How was your life then, and how it was changed in a moment? Yeah, to to, to kind of bring it back a little bit, um, man. You know, you're 19 years old, and and for me, I, I grew up playing sports. I grew up playing all the all the sport: basketball, football, baseball, swimming. I was in theater. Uh, I did I did like the the plays and musicals as well. I loved being a part of a team. I loved being a part of an environment that um, you could find where your niche was. You could find how you could help um, or lift the team up. And so, like that was always uh, a big deal for me. And it was where I received a lot of my affirmation. My, that's one of my love languages. And, and, um, and something that was important to me is, is to get that affirmation and seek it from a coach or uh, a director of a play or whatever it would be. And so it was really important to have that. Um, and one of my goals, my biggest goal is to play a college sport. And I was pretty decent on the basketball court and, and on the football field and ended up getting a scholarship to play football. Uh, in college. So like my goals and dreams and desires and everything was going really great. Like some of those would be becoming a reality and man, like I was on top of the world, um, for that. And, and, uh, my freshman year of college as my, uh, career kind of started taking off and I, and I got to play as a true freshman and was, a, was a uh, good part of the team. Uh, my relationship, um, with God was slowly, stepping away and and that was something that um that 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 was concerning but at the same time like man i was i was living out my dreams and passions and desires so like that was awesome and at 19 you feel invincible right you're six foot six and 250 pounds and solid and strong and um and and you feel invincible at 19 um and so on july 9th 2004 that was me july 10th um life changes completely and i was out on the river with with my buddies in a bass fishing boat um on the mississippi river you never know how deep or shallow the river is but my buddy was driving i was just sitting um in the boat leaned back enjoying the summer day 75 degrees uh partly sunny beautiful summer midwest day And he hits the bottom of the river. I fly backwards. My head hits on the front of the boat, inside the boat, snaps my neck at C6 and 7, and instantly makes me a quadriplegic where I have paralysis from the chest down. 
So in like a split second, I went from 19 in, in, in big, tall, strong, invincible to what in the world is happening? What is going to go on? I remember laying in the hospital bed and you look down at your legs and you send the signal from your brain through your spinal cord uh, to your, like that's still all functions. But then when the signal goes, there's nothing. The legs don't move. I can't feel them. They feel like someone else's legs. And questions start to swirl. Am I, am I gonna find something that I'm passionate about? What's my identity going to be without athletics? Am I going to find a job? Am I gonna, is this girl that I'm with going to stay with me? Is, is, am I going to have kids? Like some of these questions that you think about at 19, but now are surfacing going like, maybe there's not a possibility that they're going to, that's going to happen. And in those moments, in those dark moments, it's so important to pause and reflect and then also pivot. So a lot of people always talk about, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Something bad happens, but we got to pivot. But if we pause and reflect before we pivot, I think it's really important to realize, wow, okay, I'm hurting. Wow, okay, yeah, this sucks. I'm mad. I'm angry. This isn't my plan. This isn't what this wasn't what was supposed to happen. Where's all my dreams and desires and everything going on now? And it's all gone. What's going to happen? And kind of dealing with some of that darkness, dealing with some of that and realizing God's got my back through the form of this verse that's on my wall that from Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. And it was given to me a week before my accident on this shirt that I had from a football camp, this shirt that wasn't even mine. Someone gave it to me randomly at a football game because I didn't have an undershirt for my pads. And on this shirt, a week before my accident, I'm wearing it on the shirt was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and wow. not in your understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct you past. A week later, I'm, my, my neck's broken and I'm laying in the hospital room and I'm thinking about that verse and I was so mad about it. I'm like, I don't want to trust in anyone. I want to know what the heck's going on. This sucks. I can't move. I'm trapped in this hospital bed. What now? And so you pause and you reflect on it and, and there's, there's a whole bunch of emotions that go on. But if we don't deal with those and we just have some like false positivity and then move on right away, then I don't think some of those things get um, dealt with ever. And so dealing with that right away and dealing with like the reality of the situation that, yeah, this sucks. This is not fun. But in that moment, then you can make a choice to pivot and say, I can play the blame game. I can be a victim and say, man, it's my buddy's fault that I'm in this, I'm in this situation. and It wasn't my fault. And woe is me and everyone just take care of me because I'm in a wheelchair. And you have this mindset that you, uh, the world owes you something because you did something or you, you had something tragic happen, or you can be a victor and say, you know what, I'm going to make the choice to learn how to become independent. I'm going to make the choice to start trusting in the Lord with all my heart, because I don't understand it and I'm never going to, but maybe he's got a different plan. And so you start making those choices. And some of those are really small. Some of them are like, I'm going to make a choice to start getting in this wheelchair and start pushing around the house. 
hospital. I'm going to make a choice to work as hard as I can at physical therapy and occupational therapy. I'm going to, I'm going to make a choice to start learning how to dress myself, putting a sock on, putting some pants or a shirt on. Some of those choices turn into, wow, I'm going to make a choice to go back to school and get an education. Some of those choices turn into, I want to start finding uh, out about these adaptive sports and figure that out. And all of a sudden, it's a lot of hard work. You become a Paralympian. I'm going to make a choice to start talking to my girlfriend about what, what she wants in life and, 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 and to talk about what we're going through. And you realize that you have this rock solid chick in your life that you need to marry. I'm going to make a choice to, you know, like all these small choices end up becoming bigger ones and ones that at 19, I'm wrestling with all these questions and some of these questions start getting answered because there's a power of a personal responsibility wow. and a power of trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Yeah. Joe, how, before, before this accident, you said that you were kind of like, I don't know if the word is exactly like slipping away from God, but maybe he was not as much. Uh, on your radar as after the accident and when you say you started to make like this almost like this daily choices but it, it really is a long range of time right like it didn't happen just okay I'm, I'm making this choice today uh, and everything flipped that way the next day you still gotta make a second choice the next day you still gotta wake up and make a different choice right like every day is an opportunity to make a choice Where did you find this strength, especially in a time where maybe your your faith, uh, like you said, you know, was a little, if, if you were like slipping away from God, um, how did you wrestle with, with that uh, power to say yes to life on a daily basis? Where did you find it? How long did it take you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was in that darkness, in that depression of, wow, this, this, is life this is light like the doctors come in the doctors are going like dude you're you're not going to walk again there's like this is these are the x-rays this is what we have this is the surgery you're not going to walk again and and right away you're going like no like i'm going to show them and i'm going to work hard to walk again and, and some people do it's like some people that's their story for me it wasn't it never happened um and so yeah starting to make those choices every day but i think also being real about what was going on as well real about um man i'm in a dark place real about like this is really depressing this really is not what i wanted this isn't what i desired but i think a lot of times especially as men we get prideful about stuff like we're like i can get through this i'm strong i'm 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 a big rough tough football. i'm six foot i could get through this And you, and you do that and you do that and you do that and you can become more tired and more tired and more tired because you're never resting. You're never resting in, um, what it means to trust in the Lord. You're never resting in actually putting faith that God's got your back because you're trying to do it all yourself, yourself, yourself. And so I went through that and then realized, um, about halfway during my hospital stay, I was there for three months, about halfway through, I'm going like, I can't do this on my own. I can't, I can't, I can't like just pretend that everything's okay on my own. And that verse that was on my hospital wall became more real because I was like, I don't understand it. I don't know why this is happening, but I'm going to trust that God has a plan. I don't know why 
I have to go through this, but I'm going to trust and have faith that he has a plan. So that was number one. Number two is having people in your life that are going to lift you up when you need it and pull you back when you need it. I think it's really important for us to have strong people, in our, whether that's a mentor, whether that's a wife or a husband, whether that's, uh, you know, a discipleship, like whatever it is, having people in your inner circle that will lift you up or pull you back when you need it is paramount to anyone being successful or anyone getting through a circumstance that they're going through. I know a lot of people um, that are listening, maybe some people listening that are in a wheelchair, but most people probably aren't, but most people have gone through a circumstance outside of their control that has devastated them, losing a job, devastated them, losing a, a, a child or, or, or a husband or a wife or gone through a divorce, like whatever it is, they've gone through something and they'll try to get out of it themselves and they end up failing. And then it's like, where do we, where do we turn to? We turn to God and then we turn to those people around us that are there for us to help push us up out of it or pull us back when we need it. Wow. So we need, we need faith and we need people. How long, how, how was that process? Like how long did it take you to, or are you still wrestling with that? Like, I don't know. Just tell me how was, Yeah, how long was the process to say, okay, I'm in a different spot mentally now? Did it take years? Did it take weeks? Um, did it? What? How long did it take for you? Yeah, I think it's, man, it's an ongoing thing. Let's keep it a hundred here, right here. Like, like, let's let's be real. Uh, I pride myself on being real and authentic. I'm a I'm a recovering people pleaser, man, and so like these type of things uh, are, are a daily, like, or at least weekly. Um, or every couple of weeks thinking through how am I doing on this? Because like we're human and some of those tendencies, some of those thoughts keep coming in. You still got to battle with them. And so for me, it's a lifelong journey um, with that. But um, right, right away, probably, I don't know, a couple months when I got home, I realized like life is just moving on. You can, you can, you can, you know, play that victim card and woe is me or you move on with it and you start to become and like, obviously most people don't wake up to the miracle of their circumstances gone, but you do wake up every day with an opportunity um, to find those little diamonds, find those little nuggets within your circumstance, find the opportunity within your circumstance each and every day. For me, that's my wheelchair. Like I'd get up in the morning, look at it. If I get in it, That's an opportunity to become educated. That's an opportunity to find work. It's an opportunity to find passion. And this wheelchair rugby gig, that's been amazing or, or, or speaking to people. And so like each and every day, that's a choice. And I realized the power of that. Wow. I can either play that victim card or play the victor card. Like you don't play both. You don't, you don't, you don't lay them both down. You take one road. Um, and do you get it right every day? No. Uh, are there bad days? Absolutely. But you don't let them snowball into a week of bad days or you don't let them snowball into a month of bad days. And all of a sudden you're in this deep depression. It's each and every day I've got this choice. And I think the power of looking in the mirror and being like, wow, I've got personal responsibility here. I can make a difference here. Nope. Can't control what happened. Can't control what happens next. Wow. I love that, man. I love how a wheelchair, like, I mean, something that 
when when you can walk, right? Like you don't think about a wheelchair as an opportunity for anything, right? You're just, oh, I have my legs, I can walk. And now for you, this is really a tool to to discover the world, right? To get around. It's an opportunity to say yes to life and getting on it, right? What does it well I wanna I really wanna talk about two things, but one is is uh what is it like being on a wheelchair? And then and then I wanna I'm just curious to know about your relationship with your wife. How did that ended up happening? Because you said she was your, your girlfriend. She's going to stick with me. Uh, but let's talk about first, uh, what is it like being on a wheelchair? Like, what are things that are just different that, um, no, we when we can walk, we just take for granted? Yeah, yeah, great question. I think there's a lot of innocent ignorance when it comes to people thinking about wheelchairs like, you know, like a, a, just random stuff, like random, like it's usually older people that joke about it. Like I'm in an airport and I'm next to another person in a wheelchair and they're like, Hey, you racing? And we're like, you would never ask two people that are standing there be like, Hey guys, you guys running? You guys getting ready to race? You know, like it's just kind of a weird yeah. deal that we do. But, uh, um, for the most part, like it's not a huge issue that like physically like learning how to push a wheelchair or getting around or wheelchair skills or whatever it is. And a lot of the stuff that we deal with, with our injuries, spinal cord injuries, um, you know, that, that, that we don't talk about a lot with, whether it's, you know, it's, it takes a little bit longer for us to get up and shower and do, you know, whatever. So like, you know, you jump in, getting up and jumping and boom, you're, you're, you're dressed in 10 minutes. That's, that's going to take me an hour, hour and a half. It just is what it is. Um, so that's difference. But I would say like the one thing that I would like to educate people on with, with wheelchairs is, is, and my good buddy had said this, um, that I just loved and it's, it's accessibility for the person in the wheelchair is accessibility for everyone. So you think from a cultural standpoint, if we build that ramp for the wheelchair user, we're building that for the elderly person with the cane that needs to walk up the ramp. We're building that for the young mom that's got two kids in her stroller with three different bags trying to push the stroller up to uh and so like it's 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 for everyone no one's like i don't know how to walk up a ramp that's really hard no one's saying that right and so building out this accessibility is building it out for everyone in our society and i think that's uh, a major point that makes a lot of sense and you see that a lot with with structures that are newer and that um are are inclusive for for all different levels um of 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 people in our society so um so yeah so i, I definitely think that's kind of like my 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 shtick on on the wheelchair part but yeah, yeah. and don't live in san francisco right <laughs> dude uh i've i've been i was out there for uh, a conference or a speaking thing and man i don't ask for help very much like when i'm pushing i'm like these things are just straight like it's no joke it is no that's a workout man yeah, yeah. you're right wow. you're right i uh just a little story here i was in san francisco in um last christmas i took my kids and then i i was just curious what is the steepest street in san francisco so i type it on google and then i put like take me to that street i'm on my car with my kids i go up that street which is a really short street it was scary. I had to back the car 
as I went up, I'm like, okay, I can't turn. I felt like the car was going to start rolling. I had just That's to amazing. go like slowly back up. But uh, yeah, weird, weird, weird uh, steep hills in San Francisco. Man, how how then, um, tell me about that relationship with your now wife and uh, how did that work out, you know, from, from your girlfriend to she's going to stick with me and how was that journey of, because for a man, I would say that's, that's important too, right? If if I have this condition now, am I going to be able to fulfill like this relationship goals too, right? So how was that for you? Yeah, man. Like I had to work, I had to work through some stuff. So, so my wife, April, um, we were dating, we dated when we were 18 and, and, and then, so like through that, that accident, we're dating and, um, I wrestled with, she, I mean, she showed me so much love there every single day in the hospital and, such a rock for me and then i'm going like i don't like do i love this girl as much as she loves me like what is going on here and 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 i ended up breaking up with her because it was like that whole thing of like i that i man i'm inadequate or like man i'm i'm insecure in who i am right now and like there's no way i can fulfill this and i broke up with her for a while uh, a couple months and realized what a bad mistake it was and um, and so we went through some stuff that, um, yeah, that she has been with me through all like the darkest parts and seen all the blessings that come out of it. And just an amazing woman, um, who knows me better than anyone else and, um, understands me better than anyone else. And is such an awesome partner, uh, to do life with, um, and is real, you know, like she's, she's, uh, <laughs> Her, her tagline is always like, all you do, you need a little bit of giggles and, and, and God is what you need. That's like her coffee mug statement that she always says. But um, but she's real. She'll, she'll, she'll be that one to lift me up when I need it or pull me back. Like she's not afraid. I always joke and she always hates when I joke about it. But she's like, I'm not afraid to knock you out of your wheelchair if you're being a jerk type of thing, man. Like, like you know, like so she's she's uh super authentic and real and, and it's been an amazing relationship to have um throughout the years and be able to just share this journey with her it's her story as much as mine because man if god didn't put her in my life who knows where i would be um and so just blessed to have her and now we have three kids uh a nine-year-old seven-year-old and five-year-old and just um a, a beautiful a beautiful family unit man Wow, love it, man. I have three kids as well, and uh, almost the same ages. Mine is 11, 9, and 5. So, yeah, okay. I know it's a joy to have Somebody. kids, man. Uh, and I'm glad for you yeah. and for your journey with your wife and now having kids. Tell me about, about uh, a little bit about what you do now with the Olympic team. Like, how did you, how did you get on that? I mean... You said four years of practice, but how do you, what was like the first step? Uh, first, I mean, on a wheelchair, I mean, one thing is saying, I'm going to use a wheelchair to get around to do life. But another thing is to say, I'm going to get into sports again, and I'm going to be a Paralympic you know, athlete. I mean, that's a whole different level of of this wheelchair circumstance. What was the, the driving force to get over there? Yeah, man, it's crazy. It, it, the whole thing's wild, right? Like it's, 
you know, you think, oh, that, that part of my life's over. I was super ignorant to, towards adaptive sports. I'm going like, there is no way you're going to catch me playing these sports where they just hand out hugs and everyone's like, oh, you're so inspiring. You're, you know, like I, like I want to be an athlete. I want to compete. I want to train. And, and there's no way I can do that in a wheelchair. It's like, that was kind of my mindset for about a year. I'm just, you know, trying to figure out life and, and I'm back home living with my parents and, um, you know, which is like, not exactly every, every 19 year old kid's dream is to do that. Like no way Jose type of thing. Right. And, uh, (laughs) and, and, and about a year and a half after my accident, my, my buddy's going like, again, people in your life that are lifting you up or pulling you back when you need it. He's going, man, like you're gaining a lot of weight. You, you need to start like working out or something. And I'm like, no, like I'm good, man. Like he's like, no, like he's, he's very nice about it. Right. He's like, you know, and, and if it was just layman's terms, if he was just like straight out, he's like, dude, you're fat. Like, I mean, that's, that's what you're, you're way too big. This isn't healthy. I had been eating a lot of my feelings and luckily had someone in my life that was like, dude, guardrail, let's, let's figure this out. And we weighed me in hospital bed i weighed 285 pounds and at that moment i'm going like i need i need to start working out so like that was my whole reason for getting into adaptive sports is like i don't want to be this big anymore um and it wasn't like a good 285 pounds it was just like straight i ate too much and so started looking up wheelchair sports man and i'm like oh wheelchair basketball everyone in a wheelchair can play this and i realized that yeah you need a lot more function to play that sport competitively. So I'm like, okay. And then there's like wheelchair racing. Okay. They're on a track and they're racing each other. And I'm like, I was no runner. I did not like to run. I didn't run fast as an able-bodied person. I'm like, I don't want to do it in a wheelchair. Like that's not me next sport. Right. And so then I look up wheelchair rugby and it used to be called murder ball. And like I said, it's like these crippled people, like making each (laughs) other more crippled, man. I'm like, man, they're crashing into each other. Like sign me up. This is crazy. And so I, I went to a practice. <laughs> yeah. I went to a practice and I was hooked, man. I was like, this is amazing. Um, that's how I got my start. Ended up realizing it was a Paralympic sport. You could play at the highest level um, possible, which is for your country and the Paralympics, and started making goals and started talking to people about making those goals. It's one thing if we, if, a dream is when you don't tell anyone about it, like you just dream about it and you're like uh, to yourself going like, that'd be cool. But you don't tell anyone about it. You don't write it down. So there's no accountability there. You never actually set a goal because you never told anyone about it. You never wrote it down. And so I told someone about it and I was like, I want to be a Paralympian. And this was 2007, 2008. And my body composite, I, I had no no uh reason to make that a goal like that was because there was just so much work to do and i ended up having to lose about 90 pounds and get into shape we moved across the country to phoenix to to uh train with some other paralympians um so like a lot of things different things went into it but it started with a goal and it started with writing it down and then telling people so i could uh keep myself accountable um so that's kind of how that all started and so i ended up going to london in 2012 where we won a bronze medal um, and then 2013, 14, 15 was a captain. 2016 didn't make the team to go to Rio. I was an alternate. So I was on the training squad, but then had, so like that whole, that whole thing's a whole nother story of like failure. And what do you do when, when you fail and, 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 and a whole learning lesson there, but, and now we're training hopefully to get that gold in Tokyo, um, 
And that's kind of like the career, man. Like hopefully we can check that last thing off the list of to do's in Tokyo. Wow. Interesting, man. So, I mean, you went from taking the wheelchair as an opportunity to say yes to life. And then you went to sports as an opportunity to say, I got to do something about my body, right? Like I, I don't want to get uh, uh, slow or fat and I want to start back in sports. But then you went from that to, I want to be at the top. I want to be a Paralympian. And not only that, you became a captain. I mean, what does it take to be not only in the team, but to be a captain? And I don't, I mean, I don't know if we have time for that, that story there in the middle of failure, but, but what does it take to become a captain of the Paralympian team of rugby? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to share this story. That's kind of in the middle there. And it pertains to this is there's, there's um, being a leader you shouldn't be focused on outcomes that are outside of your control. So like being a leader, I, if I say, yeah, let's, our, our goal is a gold medal. That's an outcome. That's not a, that's not a, that's not a goal. It's an outcome of what we do to put it in. So like our goal right now, the last four or five years has been, let's build a foundation inside our team, talk about our expectations and what we want for court time, uh, speaking to each other's lives, be authentic, make it a brotherhood. We have some ladies on the team as well through our staff and a, and a player. So a sisterhood as well, but like make that a foundation where when we're speaking to each other out on the court, because it's high paced, it's fast paced, we're going. So like, so like if I can't be like, Hey man, I dude, I just love you, but like, I got to get you over here for this. Like, no, you're not going to talk like that on the court. You're going to be like, hey, I need you over here right now. Let's go type of thing. Or like left, left, right, right. You know, whatever that short communication is. And so off the court, we're, we're, we're talking about those expectations. We're talking about those because unknown expectations leads to uh, future resentment. Anyway, um, that all to be said, in my first couple of years in the team being a captain, I was so tunnel vision on gold, 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 because gold would validate me as a leader. Gold would validate me as a husband, as a father, as an athlete, as a person in a wheelchair. And, and anyway, so like uh, that whole gold medal, I was it was going to validate my career, validate my my, my life, validate my, my life in a wheelchair. My, and I'd say, you know, I, I'm a better husband or father if I have a gold medal. I'm like so tunnel visioned on those outcomes, so tunnel visioned on on success that you forget why you're actually leading in the first place. And so not making that team was devastating. But at the same time, I learned about, wow, like, what is it to actually be a leader? And I think any good leader ends up being a servant leader. And servant leader to me just means that you are 100% authentic and real with the people that you're leading. Um, give the gift of someone else going second. Give the gift. Of, so so you be vulnerable so someone else can go second and be vulnerable too. And you can kind of slowly build that up to keep each other accountable because that vulnerability and accountability marry each other into making some really good chemistry. So um, that's that's kind of where I'm at from a servant leader's standpoint. Your action is going to – your words are really important, but the action is going to – build that trust um, as a team and a, with, with your camaraderie and chemistry moving forward. And so that's kind of what we're on the path for. Of course, we want to win uh, as athletes. You always want to win the game, right? But at the same time, being able to, to see these men and women um, grow as people um, has been really important to me. Love it. I love that um, servant leadership component. 
Um, yeah, I've been uh, no, I've been going to a few conferences uh, uh, here in the U.S. I mean, digitally, but uh, we talk about servant leadership, and I forgot who this guy was, but he said the only type of leadership that there really is it's servant leadership. If it's if it's not servant leadership, it's it's maybe not even leadership at all, right? And I love that um, that uh, comparison with how you were leading a team with where you you were tunnel vision into this is the goal, this is the goal, and you were almost like lacking the, the trust between between the team, right? Because you're so focused on this outcome and you're not, you know, it's different when you have servant leadership, when you start putting others first in your team and now work as a group to accomplish that goal, right? Ah, man, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And um, let's... Uh, Let's end on this. I love this phrase you have on your website that says, circumstances do not define us as long as we choose to be a victor over a victim. What is the, what are you looking forward in the future uh, with this mindset? I mean, and with your, your speaking ability, uh, are you looking forward like to travel more, to become a, like a keynote speaker at big events? What, what is your, your passion or desire now? Yeah, so for the you know the last decade plus has has been rugby, 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 and, and an athlete, and and I've got I've enjoyed being an athlete who speaks, um, but moving forward, really becoming an expert and a thought leader um, in the keynote forum uh, and speaking wherever it doesn't matter if there's three people or three thousand people sharing my message and sharing my faith um, with as many people that will listen is really important to me, and I think this victor mindset. Um, peace is huge for just showing people um, and empowering people that through personal responsibility, through looking in the mirror and realizing that they have the power to choose their path in being a victor, even though some stuff has happened to them, those circumstances can control a person, can define a person if they play that victim card over and over and over again, they get stuck, they get paralyzed in there, or they can be a victor. They can say, you know what, let's find an opportunity that has come from this circumstance because they're always there and let's move forward. Let's learn from our past. Let's realize our past. Let's move forward, choosing to be a victor. Love it, man. Wow. What a good word. Uh, I think super, I mean, it, it's challenging for for just people listening, right? I feel like we're challenged by by this super positive attitude towards life and even circumstances, whatever they might be. Ah, what a great opportunity, man, to to share your story, um, to get up, right? I love this uh, this song by one of my favorite bands from San Diego. It says, "I dare you to move, <laughs> dare you to move like today yeah. never happened." You know, my favorite band, Switchfoot. Like today never happened yeah. before. And I feel like you're an example of of taking this challenge, you know? And I, I'm not saying, you know, now you're, you have it all figured out. I mean, you, we all have uh, things to learn and, you know, paths to walk on. But I think you are an inspiration, man, for, for a lot of people. And I think you have stepped into your challenges with a very positive um, attitude. I mean, I mean, I'm sure, like you said, you know, there were times where it's been depressive. It's been hard not to minimize all of that. Right. Uh, but I love that attitude of 
we have victory in whatever circumstance, man. So what an example. Thank you so much for sharing. And I love this this Proverbs verse that you have that you originally had on this shirt before your accident, a week before this accident, and how impactful that was on your life. And I just want to read it. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. Man, what a great verse to end on. Joe Delagrave, his keynote speaker and Paralympian. He's a husband. He's a dad. Uh, he's a great guy. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. What a great story. I commend you for you know, inspiring people and for what you do. Do you have any anything, you know, last words you want to say or you know, where people want to visit your website or something like that? Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for having me on, for the opportunity to be on and share. Um, check me out at joedelegrave.com. Um, hit me up at Instagram, jdelegrave14. Uh, the DMs are open if you want a question or want to share. Um, I'll reach out as well and get back to you. So, um, yeah, check me out and any speaking opportunities over at joedelegrave.com. So just really appreciate what you're doing and, 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 and sharing this podcast with people. So thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. I hope you have a great rest of your day and maybe see you on the next one. Sounds good? Sounds good. Thanks for listening to this episode of Christian Podcast. If you liked this episode, share it with friends and family. Make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review whatever you can. You can also visit christianpodcast.com to learn more about our show. Hasta la vista.